Welcome to Brute Facts. This is Eddie Kroom. I have Derek from Myth Vision on tonight. Sorry for all the tech issues. It's been crazy, crazy, crazy. Thank you for joining us and thank you for waiting. And I am going to bring him on here just in a second as soon as we get everything else worked out. It's been crazy. So. Welcome to the Brute Facts Podcast with your host and everybody's favorite Christian, Eddie Crone. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell for future content. Welcome, Derek. Thank you so much for hanging around, man. What's up, man? Goodness Look, I gracious. thought you got raptured for a second. I was That's thinking, it. yeah, it's it's true. I was wrong all along. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I can promise you, I'm not getting raptured. At least according to <laughs> most of the people, I'm because I'm not a real Christian. That was my TikTok name for a while. So, oh wow, everybody needs to be extremely happy because Derek's an old man and he goes to bed early and he's usually not up this late. So, <laughs> or at least not doing videos. I'm usually reading or laying in bed or doing something playing video games or something on my way out you know you know that is a terrible habit man that is what keeps people up so late it it can it sure can i i must admit but it helps me kind of just uh i i hang out with my brother and we destroy five-year-olds on the internet like you know what i'm saying <laughs> like who doesn't want to do that you know oh but let me tell you something my seven-year-old daughter plays uh Fortnite, and she is a beast and i just sit here and laugh because every once in a while she'll forget and leave the audio on and her friends are like so mad because she just runs through the thing so it's it's fantastic i've got i've got videos of her like just destroying people so they're the new generate man you can't compete with them on video games they're video yeah. they're just next level for sure yeah. So, man, you've had a lot of people on your show. You've had uh, Bart Ehrman and then uh, the gag, the guest I had yesterday, Dr. Price. I love Dr. Price. He is so great, man. He's Let me tell you, look, he came through. He actually sent me a box of figures. So, Dude, he, he, let me tell you, if you've walked into his house, you will be like, yeah, this guy, like, legit is addicted to... <laughs> action figures that's not a joke like you you can see it on the webcam hanging up on his mantle behind him along with like nazi daggers from like world war oh, ii wow. nazis that got you know killed in the war and um they're kind of like trophies yeah anyway yeah he's got that uh 
one guy who's a big fan of MythVision actually sent this. Um, and this is like an action figure. Wow, set. that's pretty cool there. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, I I have no need to pull it out, but it's cool, like just to kind of. Yeah, yeah, no there. doubt. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How how did you? Were you born a Christian, or did you kind of get suckered into it, or how did that work? Um, my I was born into a Christian household, no, not extreme. I guess most of the world wouldn't be an extreme version of Christianity. My father was Roman Catholic. My mother was a Pentecostal. So she grew up with like a more extreme type of faith, Mm -hmm. but she was never extreme when I grew up. Uh, When I say extreme, I mean like fundamentalist, very dogmatic. And the way I was introduced really, I'm sure it was like subliminally there. And it was probably as I was being raised, it came up the idea of Jesus and such. But I really remember as a young teen, mom would bribe me in a way, say, Hey, I'll take you to the, all you can eat buffet, golden corral. If you come and eat, you know, if you come to church, I'll take you to eat. And I'm an eater. Like anyone who knows me will know you can like seduce me with food. Okay. Like that's right. just the bottom line. So I go and it was boring as hell. I mean, I was a young kid. I was bored. I'd lay in there. I'd rather just lay in there, even in the kids section. But I remember little narratives, Noah's Ark. Like, those were really cool stories. But the church was boring. I didn't understand it. It had no relevance to me. And so what ended up happening was, I guess, time goes by. You kind of remember these things they tell you. And then my father being an alcoholic, struggling with addiction, I had dealt with some trauma like real family abuse type situations in my life. And I ended up going to a private school because mom and dad didn't want me going to the public school, really bad uh, public schools around here at the time I was going to school. And they were worried I was going to get jumped and in fights and all this and that. But I ended up hearing the, the gospel, at least according to some Baptist that, you know, they started off with, have you ever lied? And I was like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a young kid. I have no reason to lie. Yeah, I've lied. Well, if you've lied once, you've had to lie about the lie. And like they mm. go into this whole guilt trip and um, I felt the guilt. And then I went for the remedy, which was come down here and just say this prayer. Just ask him as your friend into your heart. And that day I had a warm, sensational experience where I felt like I was I felt kind of a comfort, like a warm blanket wrapped around me. And um, I was like, you know what? God lives inside of me now. And um, I've probably been saved many, many times, <laughs> like over and over. And that, so, yeah. Once saved, always saved doctrine doesn't work that way, buddy. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> I just, it's like I kept on going through it. But I, I'll stop. And then you can take me wherever you want to because, man, I can go on. There's too much we'll never be able to cover in, in 60 minutes. So Yeah, so – Going from there, uh, when did you start to doubt it? When did you start to kind of come out of it or, or, you know, change your mind about it? I had, okay, I'm going to tell you a doubting situation while I was still in the faith, very strong in it. I was reading my Bible in school. I had been struggling for a couple years, smoking pot, skipping class in school. And I had met what was my wife and uh, she became my wife, of course. I was smoking a lot of pot, doing a lot of that stuff and failing in school, pulled myself out because I was doing really bad in 11th grade or maybe it was 12th. I can't remember exactly the year, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm reading the Bible. I'm back on the straight and narrow path. 
seriously taking my Bible, like reading it, and I'm like in the story. I, I like was there when Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and Noah and the whole nine, like I was so into it. And I read the whole thing in King James version, but um, people were like, why don't you wait till you're older? Why don't you wait till you're like getting up there in age where like afterlife stuff matters. You're not going to die. You know, that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, you're, you're not promised tomorrow. You know, I regurgitated the same verses we always hear. And I had this doubting situation where I went to church. It was like, everyone doesn't believe in you. And they act like this isn't that important. God, show me a sign. And I was at church. This was a extremely cultic house church. Everything like woman pastor, spoken tongues, prophesied, cast out demons, legit laying on of hands type stuff. And we would get into like this trance state when we listen to the music before we listen to the sermon. And um, I was like, God, if you're real, like, like have a rock fly through the window or something fall through the roof or the lights shut out, the power go out, like prove it in like in reality, prove it to me. And then I stopped and I was still singing the song and I was like, you know what? I know you're real. What am I doing? How am I doubting the experience I had inside? Like, how could I doubt you? But then like 10, 15 minutes later, music's done and do, 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 my dad knocks on the door. I didn't even expect him to be there. It's a house church. Open the door and it's him. I'm crying because a week or two before that, he's heading to Venezuela or one of these uh, Colombia, South America. He's a special mm. forces Green Beret and he potentially... Oh, wow. Yeah, on a mission that was potentially life-threatening. So I was trying to give him the gospel and say, I'm worried about you're going to die. I'm concerned that you're you're not going to go where I want you to be, where I can be with you forever, you know? And I was crying, and he just told me, get out of my effing face. You know, he freaked out because I was extreme about it with him. Well, he showed up to my church, and I was like, there's my sign. That was the evidence I needed, you know? There's my sign. It wasn't anything I asked for, but it was something else, even better than a rock flying through the window. So for many years, I held on to that. Like, what is the odds? What are the coincidence odds that that happened? And um, when I really started to doubt was with my own experience in addiction. I had done like this for many years. Sorry, you're over here. And I know my eyes are like opposite. I would have set my camera up on the other <laughs> side if that were the case. That's so okay. please forgive me. Yeah, it's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, so God was like, he was the biggest thing you can imagine in my mind, but it was this very narrow, small path, like very, very few find it. So it had a lot of power. It was like, I felt special that I was one of those, you know, there was a lot of potency in my life for God and my addiction into painkillers for many years, mm. uh, alcohol, I, I, I traded it. I was like, look, I'm going to be like my father to some degree. I'd rather drink than do these drugs, which are robbing my family blind. And, um, I kept like, going back to church when I'd get clean and I was trying to find my way and figure out like, what do I believe? Is it true? Going from this evangelical fundamentalist non-denomination, you know, the whole nine to a more uh, mature, calm down, uh, Protestant Presbyterian Calvinistic type of position. And I became Calvinistic because of the text. I started looking at like Paul Romans nine and, Things like that started to make me go like, this seems like this is the case, you know, for the best I can understand it. Ephesians, like him knowing before, all that kind of stuff. But I got sucked into that and would do this throughout the years. Didn't matter what version of Christianity I was in, I kept falling. I kept asking, why am I struggling with this addiction? I thought that God's Holy Spirit was in me so to empower me. How long were you, did you fight the addiction? I mean, is this like a few years or? 
kind of like, well, let me take that back for anybody that's not familiar with addiction. It's a lifelong struggle. Right. That's something that I, I've had a small taste of it, and there's a lot of it in my family. Uh, so it's not something you really just ever get over. But how long did that last for you? Let's see. I'm 33 now, and I was dabbling with all sorts of stuff by the time I was 18, 19 years old. So I would say I was heavily addicted to strong narcotics at a, like for 12 years I battled, you know, for 12 years. And at some points I wanted to kill myself because I was like, that's easier than what I'm going through. And, but I was too afraid if I'm going to be honest, I was too afraid of the pain and the fear of what is on the other side. Like just so many things came into my mind. Like, like I didn't want to live anymore, but I also had that instinct survive. I was raised with a survive instinct. I got jumped at the beach one time. I was getting my ass kicked at the end. Like 10 to 12 guys were jumping me. And I, I heard my dad in my head whisper like loud, like survive. And like mm. I got up and just started swinging and screaming. It's over. I got my butt kicked, man. It was a whole mm. crew of guys. But survive was in me at the same time. I was like, why am I going to keep fighting? Like I'm never going to be able to stop doing this. And believe it or not, I'm skipping a little to say my deconversion was the most healthy thing I could have ever mm. done for me. I can see that. I can see that because being a former fundamentalist, uh, that's what led me to deconstruction was I couldn't keep up with the never good enough, never spreading the gospel enough, never every opportunity Mm -hmm. seemed like a failed opportunity. And that's what sent me on my path. And every action you do, God is watching and observing. Like I'm talking, that's how I thought. It was yep. so obsessive. I woke up and went to sleep thinking about either trying to convert someone or debating online or learning and reading a new book or turning on a Christian song. My wife would come in the room. This is some TMI, real personal information. For many of those years, my wife would come into the room. It's midnight and she'd cry and go, come to sleep with me. Meaning like, come lay with your wife. You know, like you'd rather do this than come and make love to your wife or to spend the time with your wife. And I've got a beautiful wife. Anyone who's seen her on Facebook will know. It was so obsessive. It was a drug. I was addicted to it. Yeah. And it was like, I just replaced my drug addiction from drugs to the addiction to the idea of God, which hit the same exact chemicals in the brain. It did the exact same things. And I had to find a way out of it completely. I, I see a lot of that with former addicts um, who spent time in prison and things like that, that was their out. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, I mean, I am intimately close with a lot of people who are former prisoners and it absolutely becomes an obsession. And I, and you and I, I mean, I'm sure uh, you've done your study on it. It's, you know, a lot of people don't realize how psychological it is, how, how, you know, genetically, predisposed we are to certain things and then drugs actually alter the brain the shape of the brain and the neural pathways after enough time of using them so they really aren't Mm -hmm. making decisions like you know uh what we why can't they just stop why can't they just do this it's not like a libertarian free will anymore it it, you're shackled it's there's no way to put it unless you experience it you can't really empathize the way that someone who's been there can, which is why they ask you to get into a community recovery wow. community of other like-minded individuals who understand you. 
pe- most people in the church cannot understand this. In fact, yeah. you are a black sheep if you go and list just name five things you've done that you know aren't good. You're already looking bad. But yeah. I could list hundreds of bad things that I've done, and they would look at me and go, you're definitely Romans chapter one, chapter two, reprobate. There's no way. Yeah. And so I kept asking, how can I have the Holy Spirit? How could God actually – God is holy. God is perfect according to my idea of God. How could I be his child and still do these things? And sometimes I would justify and rationalize and say, King David, look at what he did. Look mm. at what Abraham, you know, I would make up all of these justifications to go, even King David was after God's own heart, yet look at all the bad. I didn't know critical scholarship at the time, right. but I was wrestling going, am I his or not? That's how insane it was making me. What ended up happening was I always built up walls that I was only willing to think within. And the walls were, Jesus is the only way. I was like, there's no other way. He rose from the dead. This is true. And anything else is technically under the label of satanic or of the devil. It's not really true. It's fake. It's false. Um, It's not the right way. What happened when I relapsed and I kept going through it, I almost died. Like literally from a scientific, we can prove what the hell's going on in my head. We understand the problem here. When that happened enough is when I had the guts when you're going to die, you'll do anything to survive often, anything, anything. And I was willing to actually, most people can't do this, challenge the very presuppositions that I thought were true the whole time. I would have never done it. And I thank my addiction. I thank the troubles I went through because if I didn't have those, I would have never even questioned my beliefs, my faith, the Bible. Christianity, anything. And I know you are a Christian, but I say this as someone who empathizes and understands how important Christianity is to people when it's not harmful and it does good, good. Right. But when it when it comes to the fundamentalist extreme type Christianity, I'm telling you, that needs to go. So yep. um I'm 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 really that's my combat now. And I yep. realize this is you like, and I yeah. We have yeah. the same goal, the absolute same goal. Because like I said, that's what um that that's what sent me through a deconstruction. That's most atheists are former fundamentalists and they, they yeah. create this. It's just like indoctrination mindset of uh, a black and white world. There's no gray. And anybody that's going to stand up and say, which a lot of them will, I'm proud to be a fundamentalist. I stick to the fundamentals. No, that's not a good thing. The fundamentalist isn't meant to be a compliment, you know, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So is that was that the purpose of starting your show? Is that why or um, was it just more of an entertainment kind of thing no, you wanted to do? Or It was kind of like my other recovery channel where it was about journaling, if you will. Like my other recovery channel, if you go to Derek, just type in my name, Derek Lambert on YouTube or Derek Lambert, Lambert heroin. I was withdrawing five days off of heroin on my couch. And I just did this like 33 minute video with my camera phone. Till it died just mm-hmm. talking about what was wrong with me in my life and the things i had been through and how i was going to try and beat it and i did and i had mm-hmm. a lot of naysayers and a lot of positive feedback i had a lot of people going to do bullshit you're never going to stop so I, I i just journaled it right well when i found out about comparative mythology and like esoteric teachings and things like for example i'll give you one example you might even like say okay there might be something to this elijah's called bald head 
by children. 42 kids in, exactly in the Old Testament. And oh. God sends two bears to kill and maul 42 children. Now you have a few options here. You take a literalist approach and you say, well, they shouldn't have called Elijah bald. Eddie, you're bald. And I hope no yeah. bear, bear runs through here. You're not bald completely because you got the facial hair, but let's hope a bear doesn't jump through my garage door right now and try to kill me because that's where my office is. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah, don't talk trash about me being bald. I'm not talking trash, man. Please, you know, don't. <laughs> but seriously, like you have a few options, right? That's literal. Or you can say, right. okay, what if in ancient world they were, they viewed the heavens and they kind of had astrology, not the way some people might say they worshiped it. No, it was within their charts and measurements for seasons and times. But nonetheless, two bears maybe re represent some type of potential celestial bodies like Ursa Major and Ursa Minor. And what if Elijah represents the sun? Oftentimes he has this like astrotheological aspect of fire and from heaven. And it, it, is it potential that he's symbolic for the sun and that these two bears are symbolic of two astrological signs? And 42 is a sacred number. So now you start looking at numbers and going, is it literally 42 kids that get mauled by God? So I wanted to defend the Bible, actually, but outside of fundamentalism and not within the orthodox paradigm. I started to say, what if these stories are mythology and they're trying to teach a different kind of truth than what we've been taught within the bubble of church? And that's what it started out as. I was still a theist when I started Myth, uh, myth Vision. And it's Myth Vision, not Myth Assist Vision. Yeah. So it was all about stories. Myths are ancient stories and legends and folklore built into it. Sometimes they have history into them. Sometimes they're just historical verisimilitude plays a role. And so I went into it and said, I can't accept that God sent, you know, two bears to actually kill 42 kids just for saying bald head. I feel like there's something else there, but it could be literal. So I started exploring other ways of interpretation and comparing mythologies. Is Noah's flood story really the oldest? Did it borrow from the Mesopotamian stories of the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Gilgamesh tablets? Dr. Josh, I recently recorded with, talks about this. He talks about stories older than that. He's just, speaking of which. Sorry, I'm trying to, we've got, somebody is spamming the chat, and I've, it for some reason, it won't let me make mods. Dude, it's or, okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Well, I, I don't, I, dude, I get it all the time. I, I'm not worried about it. No, I'm talking about, like, with, like, pejoratives and. Uh, On the live? Yeah. Dude, don't even work unless it's like that big of a deal. You, you know. Yeah. No. Sorry, I didn't. Anyway. I didn't mean to interrupt you for no, that. No, no, no. I, I was. Fine. I was trying to make. I'm trying. I was trying to make some mods, but it's not letting me make mods. And uh, oh, well, this I'm person keeps popping it. in here. And so. Eddie, bless them. Bless them. Eddie. <laughs> bless you. I'm. I would bless them. I can tell you <laughs> that right now. I'd bless them really, really good if I was. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Don't worry about it, man. Look, this right here is Dr. Josh's book, of course. I just had to do a shameless plug, if you didn't mind, because he's a really good friend of mine. Like, he really has, you know, and the thing about Josh is he really sympathizes. Like, he misses parts of Christianity, like, a lot. But he can't yeah. find himself believing it in an ontological or epistemological way. He loves the the environment, the people, the church, things like that. You know what I mean? But, um... But yeah, you know what you should create? Some mods. Do you know how to create mods so they can help block people? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's what I was it won't let me assign mods for some reason now. Huh. I don't know what the deal is. You gotta go on. not through StreamYard, you gotta go on your actual YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. YouTube. I've got it up. I keep it up okay. every time and uh it, it even on there it won't let me <laughs> assign them. Wow. So I don't where's, know where's past the mic when you need them, man. I've got mods in here. I don't know what they're doing, but uh it's uh, <laughs> that was the reason I made them mods. I guess I'm gonna have to take their mod away. Uh, Pasta oh, Mike is uh, not feeling good right now. Um, he's he's sick. Yeah. And can uh, we get a can we get an uh, evangelical uh, fundamentalist uh, non denominational person to come and heal him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, right, right. Yeah, he's good now. So, Derek, sorry, I'm sorry. I, man. I don't know this where we were. Is just it is just it started off crazy and it's just it's insane but let's let, let's refocus okay cool so yeah i love dr josh um and i'm actually gonna have him on here next good uh he is one of the most down-to-earth smartest you know academic historians that uh you know i think i've ever seen he, and he's an atheist you know he's yeah and lives with a Christian. <laughs> Don't know how that works. I think that but. that plays a role in his life. I mean, he, you know, the term atheism and, and theist, it becomes like a pigeonholing type thing. Most people will try to muddy the waters. Like he doesn't act like you would think, oh, that atheist, or she doesn't act like, oh, that theist. Like, no, they set perfect examples for both worldviews. When you meet them, you'd be like, wow. You, you can't tell them – you can't tell a difference between the two. They're just right. people. They're humans. They love people. They're great. So they're a great example of people that I aspire to be like, uh, you know, just great friends, people I'd like to have around me. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly where I was going with this other than the fact that I started to think outside of the permitted bubble that Christianity allowed me to really think. And God got bigger. So when I saw parallels to, to other ancient religions, sometimes older, sometimes potentially contemporaneous to the ancient Hebrews or, if you will, New Testament, I thought to myself, wow, why are these parallels there? And if you look at some of the early church um, apologists, you'll see they're saying, well, Satan knew uh, long before uh, that, these, that, that Jesus was coming. So he created these fake religions to mimic him. And then some of them will say stuff like, uh, they don't even hide it. They'll say, yeah, those they're very, just like your Apollo and just like this, just like that. Christ is like that. Come on and join our religion. Like they're, they're, there's different ways in which they approach it. And what I did is I said, I can't see that they're all false. By the time I'm done thinking my worldview is the one true and I'm right and everyone's wrong. I then was willing to go, what if God is like that, that poem, the six wise men of Hindustan, the blind men and the elephant. And God is like in every culture, kind of like a pantheism, so to speak, where he's everywhere, or it's everywhere, she's everywhere. And all of these cultures are trying to describe it, which is why you see parallels. Right. Um, and I said, God's bigger. But then when I did that, the power that God had on my life, like went away. It didn't have such a hold on me, which meant I was living a more healthy life, realizing and I say this today, even if there is God, if God, by what I understand it to be, is a power of some sort beyond me in a metaphysical way, 
um, nothing I could say or do will take it away. I, like no argument I make can disprove it, uh, you know, but at the same time, I couldn't prove it just by sitting here giving you arguments and saying, pointing to the natural world. If it's something outside of that, there's no way for me to prove or not prove it. So in my mind, I started to think, okay, if I can't distinguish God from the natural and the supernatural, why do I think God exists? Like what reasons do I have to believe that there's something beyond the natural when I started to look into this? And so I started to study and look at science and I started to look at some of these critics of Christianity, I never would have even dared. You know what? Can I pull a box out and show you some of the apologist Christian works I have? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, who who had the biggest influence on you from the critical? Oh, on the critical. Um, initially, Dr. Price. Yeah. Because he's such a loving teddy bear. Now, <laughs> the guy, but I mean, overall, like he had the biggest impact yeah. initially. There was okay. somebody before him, though. His name was Mark. I can't say his last name till his mother's no longer on earth uh, because oh. she, um, she, if she knew he left Christianity, she might croak from the, from just the, um, the I trauma. I, that's the kind of stuff of fundamentalism, man. I just, right. Mm. Yeah. 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 I want to see your box. Fire yeah, it let, up. Me, let me see what I can grab here. <laughs> I still keep it around, man, in case I change my mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, that was funny. When you got up to go get it, I started to look over to the side like I'm going to see something. I was like, what are you doing, idiot? <laughs> well, it's, it was it was over there on the other side of the room. <laughs> no, I meant me. I was the idiot because I, I kind of looked to the side like because you went that way. and I started to look. Oh, no. Like, He's on camera, you idiot. So, Where are you looking over the- there? Look, man, John Hagee. I mean, crazy stuff. Oh, my God. I was in look, no, VHS, right? So old. <sighs> um, Lee Strobel, Faith on under, Faith under Fire, mm. The Apostles' Creed, uh, I don't The mind, Dreams I don't That Muslims Lee, Have Lee of Strobel. Jesus. At least Lee Strobel's a little more not as fundamentalist, you know. Eh. Eh. But then again, I don't know his theological position. Yeah, I only... he's a fundamentalist. Oh, okay. I, I, I would say he's a fundamentalist okay. for sure. Um, this is getting into the Calvinist history and stuff. Uh, there's a bunch, a lot of Ravi Zacharias, William Lane Craig, Frank Turek. I met, I met Frank Turek at a conference once, uh, like a couple of these guys. And I actually was, um, I was in, I was being taught by a guy who was a disciple of, um, what is his name? He's no longer around. Strict fundamentalist, though. He was a well-known preacher guy here in North Carolina. But anyway, I was top of them. And I mean, the box is full of this. I've got uh, CDs that I would listen to for days on end mm. of Ravi Zacharias. I mean, uh, The Case for Christ. Um, where's it at? Here, I think. The Case for the Real Jesus. I mean, this is stuff from like 12, 15 years ago. And I'd listened and watched a lot of videos. Didn't read too, too much material because I was always doing landscaping. And I'd listen and, and watch these things and um, was really piqued by it. But then eventually yeah. took it to the next level. And everything you see up here just about is probably critical, critical stuff. Yeah, I, I, I kind of went through a phase like that. I mean, if I could have, you know, took apologetics and chopped it up and snorted it, 
I probably would have. <laughs> that was how, you know, and then I came to really loathe apologetics. So it, uh, I, I consider myself a philosopher and, you know, I, I like philosophy of religion because I want to be challenged. I want to right. rethink my positions. I want to hear other people's positions. Uh, so you went from, did, did you ever go through the angry new atheist phase? I don't think so, man. You might see like, you might see me do funny, people call it like mockery type stuff from time to time. And I do that, like being funny because. Yeah, it, but, I'm. Uh, it, it's funny. I mean, de dead serious. I, I love your show. It's even when you make the jokes, I can tell. I mean, it's always a grin. Yes. It's always a smile. I can see how some people may misunderstand it, but I, yep. I, I love it. I mean, if you can't take a joke about what you believe, then. I try to actually be conscientious about that because I do care about people. Yeah. Like I really, that I'm not just saying that, man. Like I actually love people. I don't care what you believe. Um, two months ago, I had a Muslim who was dying of fentanyl. He had overdosed mm -hmm. multiple times. His mom reached out to me and uh, I drove to New York, picked him up, brought him in my house. He ate pork with me. I felt like I was doing God's will. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm serious though. He wasn't a strict Muslim though. Like yeah, he, he, he was traditional. He was raised in that. I thought it was so funny because I was like, look, man, my wife made something that has pork in it. Is Do you want it? He said, no, bring it to me. I was like, you sure? And he's like, all right, man. Yeah, but like, but what I mean is like, I don't care, man. At the end of the day, he was a human being who was suffering and I mean, really suffering. And even when he left, he overdosed four times in mm. one week. Addiction's no joke, but no, it's not. Um, I want anyone to know the problem that I find is everyone wants to convert people. Not everyone. Mm. I don't mean that literally. No, no, no. Yeah, I get it. I get but it. Uh, even today, I get guys who are like, I'm not a fundamentalist, but they write me these emails trying to convince me to believe. Right. Like, they're like, you need to come and believe in this. And I'm like, why? Like, right. why would I need why? to? Like, now, if you believe things verbatim to the T, I see why you would think that. And that's where we start getting into some of the things that I would be willing to discuss. I don't like debating. If someone were like, I want to debate you, and I've had that happen, oh, I, I'd like to debate you on my chat, on my, ch my uh, channel or wherever. I'm like, yeah, debate? Yeah. Like, I'd have a discussion with you. I'm not interested in debating. I'd like to have a dialogue and explain to you why I think the way I do. For example, what Jesus expected in the New Testament, according to the authors, right? So whoever the authors are, they're saying this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus and Paul both thought the end was going to be soon. This was a big, big part of what made me go out, outside of orthodoxy, but I was still a hardcore believer. And that was the parousia, studying eschatology. I realized they thought this was going to happen within their own lifetime. Paul even thought he was going to be alive in 1 Thessalonians 4. He said, the Thessalonians are mad. They're like, dude, what's up? My family members are dying. And what's going on with this? And Paul said, don't worry. The dead in Christ will rise first to be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. the, these people will go first. But we who remain and are alive at his coming. And if you look at Paul's letters over and over, he thinks it's going to happen in his life. Most scholars will tell you like a hundred percent track record of doomsday cults and cults that think the end is going to be near never are correct. Like they never get that mm -hmm. part right. That doesn't mean there aren't lessons and valuable things to practice in your life that are there. I just started realizing if Paul, what Paul said was going to happen didn't. And later Christians maybe are saying, 
well, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. We don't know when it's going to happen. And they start to push it off. Like all the other examples we can give of other uh, movements that think the end is near. I started saying, no, it did happen. So we redefined the whole thing. It's called full preterism. If you haven't checked it out, I'm a partial asking preterist. for a rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a partial preterist. It's uh, right. But um, <clears throat> yeah, you, I'm not I'm not going to. I don't debate on here, so no. I, and I look, to, partial preterists, I think, are more accurate because. And, and let me tell you why. Well, let me let me preface this real quick. That was yeah. for any Christians that are in the audience who who's who wants me to push back. I don't do that here. This my guests are guests, and uh, it's time to hear from them. So yeah. hey, I'm more than like even if you look, Eddie, we're friends, man. Like you oh, can I know. Say, I, yeah. Well, this is the way I take it, though, D. Like I'm sorry. And here's the thing. I do think that what they thought was going to happen didn't. And oh, yeah, I, I agree think, with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the thing. Like, full preterists want to redefine stuff to act like it all happened. And mm-hmm. I did that because I didn't want to let it fail. And what I mean by fail is that it didn't happen. That's simple. That's simple. What was expected, the finality, the end, death will be no more. There's no more tears and sorrows and suffering, no more night, no more day. Like all that I, I had to redefine to make it mean, oh, well, a covenantal or some right. other excuse to make it happen. And right. partial preterists, I think, are right in saying some things happened, some things didn't. So we're left with having to wait. I personally yeah, don't think it was on the yeah. picture to wait, though, for thousands yeah, of years. Yeah, I, I just, I take, I try it. All of my, I, I try to stay away from extremes, period. You know, that, and that bleeds in me, um, politics, everything. I just, right. I hung out so long on two, on different extremes, and it's like, I'm done with that. <laughs> I can't deal with that anymore. But, you, you know, I, I did want to say something uh, to the, uh, you love people. And yeah. I could tell that from when I first met you. I mean, just, not even knowing me, you know, and and I've seen everything that you've done, sharing my posts, sharing my feeds, doing. I mean, you've been freaking awesome and fantastic. And I'm like, why is this guy doing that for me? You know, and but you're <laughs> such a you're such a cool dude, man. Well, I, I, I mean, and I don't mean this in a flattery sense. I, I absolutely love your shows. I love your personality. I love your you, energy. Bro. And you kind of remind me a lot of me with the energy. Except you're able to sit still. That's one I'm still trying. I don't to know, man. Have on. you not seen me go? I went and grabbed a box and everything. We might be more uh, alike than you think, bro. Yeah, but I think I'm making you look a lot better because this sitting still just absolutely. <laughs> I'm I'm so ADHD, man. It is, you know, when I get comments on videos and stuff, I'm just like, if you only knew. If you only, right. I'm my own, you know, worst critic. Like I'm sure you are too. It's uh. Well, tying in the the loving people and tying in what when I am critical, what I my whole goal isn't to make everyone atheist. That's not my goal. Okay, Uh, I think some people to them, it's actually something they feel good about knowing there's something divine or believing in a divine. Um, I think that it's helped a lot of people like through struggling times Mm -hmm. and troublesome situations. And for me, I the way I'm able to cope with the things that I do, it's been healthy. It's really been good for me. My channel Myth Vision is there to let people who are willing to listen feel comfortable in knowing like, hold on, 
this guy was a hardcore Christian like me. Now, some might not even listen, depending on how far they are fundamentalists, because I was mm-hmm. never a Christian, according to them. Yeah, I'm not either. So, right. So we're, we're both, both going to hell. We'll be hanging. <laughs> we'll be hanging out on the same couch together, according to well, them. So I'll see you there, bro. You know. <laughs> um, but I want people to be educated in considering things that they never were allowed to in their own mind. William Lane Craig was my guy, right? Yeah. Example: If I watched him debate. I would only really, I'd go into it like a football game. If you're already a fan of a certain team, you are in it only to see your guy win and to see how much he beats up the other guy. And I did that with William Lane Craig when I came into the argument. I would listen to him, and sometimes I'd fast forward through the sections where the atheist or the skeptic or the guy who didn't agree with him was arguing, and I'd go right back to where William's back in now, sometimes I listen, but yeah. I listen with these like, how did he get things wrong? That's all I was thinking about. Yeah. Not like, who could be right? I'm going to go into this and think, could there be issues with the Bible? Hmm. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Hmm. I wonder. No, he rose from the dead. You know why? Ten years ago, when I asked him into my heart, he entered it. I felt his presence inside of me, which I now would explain, not trying to downplay people's experiences because experiences are no, no, very yeah. powerful experiences are very powerful. We all have them. I even have them to this day as one who says he's an atheist, but I think I can explain better now why we have them. And I don't need to say this God on the other side of reality or within the metaphysical entered me. I get the same euphorias with certain love songs toward my wife or whatever it might be. So, so it's a, that's a rabbit trail to get into, but either way. yeah, yeah, and I'm and see, I take a lot of the same position that you do. Um, I don't want to. I wouldn't want if I was, you know, I was an agnostic for just a short amount of time, but I would never go into it trying to like you're talking about deconvert people because, uh, you know, even looking at psychological studies, it's if it's pragmatic, yeah, and it's not hurting people, right which is a version a lot of version does hurt people but if it's pragmatic and it's working for people even if it's a placebo effect i don't mess with that placebo right same thing with atheism i mean if they have been under this banner of having to perform and all of this stress and everything else and atheism has given them that relief that they need which i'm not an evangelist anyway i don't even think we're supposed to evangelize like uh evangelicals do but I think we're just supposed to live our life and give an account. You know, somebody asks, we tell them. That's right. it. And uh, I think yeah, there's problems on both sides, though. Like you say, I mean, there's fundamentalist atheists, fundamentalist Christians. And I want to do my best to set an example for those who are going to be skeptical minded. They don't even mm-hmm. have to be atheists because most of my audience, you'd be shocked, aren't actually atheists. They fall in some spectrum between theism and atheism, but they're definitely not fundamentalist unless they're trolling my chat. Like for yeah. real. So, so I have a wide variety. I think they all sense that I've just drawn a certain conclusion of where I'm at in my life right now and why I think this way mm-hmm. that I'm subject to change. But yeah. right now I have openly said I have bias. People don't like the word bias, but I have my own biases, if you will. And the biases I'm working with right now are, is there an explanation, a natural one, that can better fit the evidence to explain what's happening here more than 
something that might be ad hoc or less likely. Like I'll give you an example. What are the probabilities someone's arm, for example, would like grow back instantaneously because someone said, stretch forth your arm. Now you might go, not very probable, but when you meet Jesus face to face, who's God in the flesh, then you got a different scenario. Yeah. And then I would look at the story within the Greeks, right? Three centuries before Jesus where Asclepius temple, and there's a man who literally isn't just blind. He's missing an eyeball. He doesn't even have an eyeball in his socket. He goes into the temple overnight and he comes out with both eyes fully intact, healed by the God Asclepius. Wow. And so, so if we grant miracles, well, we got to start going, did a, is Asclepius real? Does he not deserve our worship? And that's where I started actually being willing to go in a treacherous area. I call it treacherous because it's the big no-no zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. don't ever go there, you know? Yeah, that's the no-no square. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never go there. Or there's actually an account. <laughs> you're, you probably heard this. In Vespasian's, uh, I think Tacitus or Suetonius wrote about this, where Vespasian, the emperor, goes into the Serapian temple. And there's a man with a withered hand. There's yeah, another so, man yeah, who's like blind. That, yeah. yeah. And they like, is it so people want to argue? Like, did he copy the gospels? Did the gospels copy? And it may not even be either. Just like uh, Apollonius of Tyana may not be borrowing from Jesus and vice versa. Might have just been something in the air during the time that's going on in the first century. I don't know. Anyway, right. <laughs> he spits in the eyes of one of these blind men and he steps on the hand of a withered man and it hit, it hit they're healed. Now, wow. I personally, do not buy Vespasian healed a man's hand or eye. I understand why Christians believe Jesus did, but you see where I start to come in and go, I'm going to treat everything the same, and I'm not going to sit here and give one more than the other personally. Healed Sorry or I'm not. taking it there. I just figure I'd tell no, you. No, no, no. Healed or not, I'm jacking somebody. I mean, if they if they <laughs> step on my hand, spit my eye. Now, I, see, that's I'm one of the rare people that there's only like 20-something percent of people that are ADHD and OCD because they're actually usually one or the other. Right. And I've been blessed with both. So I have this weird aversion to people's fluids. And I'm telling you right now, you want to make somebody get, make me violent, spit on me. It's, I mean, it was, right, right, right. even well, if it was Jesus, I think I'm going to have some issues with that. I, I think culturally it's a little different than no. I think yeah, things might have been different. Yeah, they, you know, like it's kind of like some countries and, when I yeah. went to, um, when I was in Kuwait, they kiss you on the cheek, like mm -hmm. they do like a both side thing. And it's not this guy's trying to make out with me. Technically, it's like, were you in the military? Uh, I did contract work in 2000. Oh, OK. Ooh, ooh, yeah, no. man. Yeah, I almost I almost because my background was HVAC. I almost took a contract. It was like 120 grand, a certain of it tax free for like six yeah. months of work. And I was my wife was like, nope. Ain't happening, couldn't even discuss it. So I wanted to, on the miracle thing, I take a little different approach. Um, the way that I do, the, my approach is, like you, I am very skeptical. I am very skeptical of all of these miracle healings. Mm -hmm. I am very skeptical of uh, charismatics, you know, all these different things. However, I don't tell them or say to them that didn't happen because... Right. I didn't experience it. I put a lot of um, stock in personal experience because I know how much it means to me. Not right, that that's right. a justifier for certain things. 
But like when somebody tells me that they saw Jesus and talked to Jesus, like I've heard a couple of people, I'm not going to say, no, you didn't. Mm -hmm. So Jesus can come visit me in my room because I'm going to flip out. You know, <laughs> I don't, I saw a demon. No, you didn't. And the next thing I got a demon in my room. And so I'm like, <laughs> no, nah. I'll just say, okay, I'll be skeptical. You do you. <laughs> yeah. I think you're, you're hitting on something real special here because there's a man that I recently interviewed private conversation, leaving his name unnamed. He's a wonderful guy. I plan on having conversations with him in the future. He had some experiences, he said, and they were like next level. Like you would say, what are you, are you kidding me? Um, he's sincere. He means it. I do not doubt him for a second yep. that the way he has pieced it together in his mind, he believes that his experience was this authentic thing described. I do not. I even told him, I said, I do not downplay that you had an experience and that what you experienced is true and impacting you in a positive way in your life. And I said, I'm glad that it has. And he knows where I stand. And he's like, Derek, what the hell, man? You're supposed to like be an atheist, right? Well, right. that's the problem. Everyone thinks an atheist is supposed to be like this. No, I personally think there's a natural explanation why our brains do the things we do. Why when I go to bed at night, I have dreams, in antiquity, I'll give you a perfect example. Joseph, the interpreter of dreams. The Bible plays it out as if dreams come from God and that they're given to man from God, right? I can't prove they're not. Well, I can not, give you really man. good reasons to think they may be from natural you know, yeah. instances in your own life and memory and all this kind of stuff. I can't disprove they're not from God. But if dreams are coming from God, biblically speaking, and I could show you that your experience in the dreams sometimes are as real as real life, then to say your dream is reality or some way real, I'm not going to try to stop that impact that that dream may have had on you saying, I need to be better to my wife or my kids or do better in life or whatever. Right. Even if I think that we have dreams for other reasons that might be explained naturally, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I, I'll tell you now, I'm probably one of the most naturalistic Christians you ever meet. Because I am a skeptic by nature. I, I, it, the way that I look at the resurrection and the miracles is, I don't think you, you could, or I don't even know if you should accept them without the presupposition there's a God. Because or an experience, right? Wouldn't you think that the experience is what couples the whole like faith in it? Well, for you? No, for me, no, 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 no. I am an evidentialist. I okay. am a probabilist. I assign uh, confidence to beliefs. And if it's more plausible that something happened, then it's uh, something that I should hold to. But I don't. So my certainty would only be that I exist. If anything's certain, it's that I exist. Everything right. else has a degree of confidence to it. Right. So with me, I don't think that, I mean, if, if you don't think that there's a God, there's no reason to think the resurrection happened. I mean, some people do or think that you should, but I get to God from natural theology. I And I've said a lot of times I'd be a deist if I wasn't a Christian, right. you know, because I am convinced by the metaphysical arguments. I'm one of those few people that philosophy and arguments is what makes me and keeps me, you know, a theist. Right. right. And the reason being is... It, you, at the end of the day, we don't get to pick what we're convinced of all the time. That's true. There's a lot behind and, it. Yeah. And so it, I've never come to the conscious decision that God exists. And even when every time I've tried to deny it, 
I just, it's something I can't make myself, you know, deny. So that's why I don't have an issue with atheists. Cause I'm literally right. like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one falsification away from this personal well, relationship. They talk about, I don't know what that is. I don't, if I could say these. is simply though, like where I'm at in the term of atheist, you could call me a safe, a uh, soft one. But what I mean is, is like, no one really knows whether there is something right that agree. created everything we can call it god if that's the term we want to use because the term has some baggage and yeah. i don't mean it just from the christian religion i mean just overall the term for god has so much mm -hmm. baggage so what one means by it needs to be defined and all that and and for me man it's like there could be something i don't yeah. know i just don't have the evidence and it's and and what has been explained to me wasn't sufficient enough for me to say that proves there's a god it the door's open there, right? The, right. The, the I'm not closed off to a point where it's like there couldn't be, but I am purposely saying when nine times out of 10, we always had a, if I could use the term superstitious explanation for something mm -hmm. like the reason the volcano went off, you were yeah. acting in homosexual activities. God was angry. He erupted the volcano, blah, blah, blah. Now right. we look at it and go, well, tectonic plates and the rise of the crust and this, this, that your morality probably had nothing to do with why the volcano went off, but man has attributed it to the volcano yeah. that went off that melted your whole city and you were buried alive. Um, yeah, that's, and there are so many fundamentalists and even, and even not just fundamentalists, but a lot of evangelicals, you know, they're, right. uh, they appeal to God for just about everything. And I'm like, you know, there's a lot of people who would argue against methodological naturalism, which is what's presumed when we do science, we want a natural answer when we do science. Bro, I'm all for it. I want to know how this happens. I don't want them to stop and go, God did it. You know, it's just <laughs> like you can still have a sustainer of life and a beginning right. of life or and things like that with a God. He doesn't have to be the appeal to everything. And I think a lot of Christians are scared that if they give up a little bit of ground, you know, then secularism comes in and, yeah. and it's going to get you with its big atheist, you know, tentacles. And it's crazy, man. It's, well, I like um, philosophy brings it to a more mature depth versus what we see with fundamentalists, which is why we right. combat them. But have you seen, I'm sure, you know, Bernardo Castro, right? Oh, yeah. have you got him on? Or are you going to get him on? Uh, man, I don't, I, I don't know him. Um, I can try to get him on. Uh, he is so, so I am very, very sympathetic to idealism. Yeah. But Barclay's idealism is therefore God, therefore God, therefore mm -hmm, God. Mm -hmm. Not I, I don't get down like that, you know, but Castro actually has an idealism that works for secularists too. You right, know, there right. doesn't have to be a God to be an idealist. There can, it can be, be a mind or like he yeah, does. It into, could be like a pantheistic right. just consciousness. It could be all of life together is this one right. big consciousness, you know. So but yeah, that guy is brilliant, man. I have listened to his. It was him yeah. and T. Jump uh, that I watched that got me to watch it. Because when T. Jump can't message, follow, if you want to interview him, I can send him a message. Oh, absolutely, I would. It was yeah. yes. He's. I've watched a lot of his stuff, man. He's he's cool, man. Yeah, it would have to be just an interview because <laughs> you're more yeah. on my level, and I don't mean offensively. But. You're way more on the philosophy stuff than I am, so like I think you'll fit in really well with him, yeah, and I you, think you do a better job of like speaking his language. I'm not a philosopher, like I don't. But you're really a hell of a lot better looking, though. I mean, you got. I mean, 
you could say whatever you wanted and you know come on the, the chat's been lighting I'll, up I'll with you yeah. i'll send you the check in the mail <laughs> talking about the chat they've been lighting it up you're right eddie he you do make him look good and i'm like <laughs> come awful. on bro really i got a beard oh my god you don't do grow have a beard, more than don't grow a beard you grow a beard i'm i'm shutting my youtube channel off that's it no you know i used to have one i'm gonna have to share this i'm gonna have to share an image share, baby i'm sorry but while while we continue, I'll, I'll pull it up. Anyway, yeah, we went off topic, and this is what happens, <laughs> right? This is what happens, man. That's what this show's for, man. We want to know about you. Well, I mean, what, what would you want to know about me, man? You look like a metal music kind of guy. I was seriously in the mud vein, Slipknot, like yeah, that's all my that good stuff right there. That's what I'm talking. About. What do you mean was? Well, I still get down with it, but it's okay. like when you get older and you soften up and your wife keeps your balls in the glove compartment. What balls? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mine are gone. I've been married 21 years. Mine are gone. That's You're like, thing. what balls? <laughs> oh, I hear people talk about all these different genders and stuff. I'm like, which one is the one who doesn't give a Yeah, which one doesn't have balls? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which one is the one who likes beer and football? And that's it. <laughs> Oh, hold on. Let me get this one here for you. Let me share this image. Um, I'm going to show you. This is that you are a metal guy. Look at that. Yeah. 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 Dude, I get down with all music, though. I'm not going to lie. I like metal, and I you got a, a, a similar personality. So he's got to be a metal guy. Kind of, I kind of get down, bro. I kind of, well, I grew up, you know, I grew up in Memphis, very diverse. So I grew up on gangster rap and Metallica. I don't know how that works, but that's how. I mean, you look at three six now; they wear Guns and Roses shirts and Metallica shirts. It was just that's just how it was. We that's true, and, yeah. So, and then my dad was the oddball; uh, he was a country guy, and I like so country I was a, music too. Yeah, I was a closet country. It wasn't cool to have country music. Come on, you redneck, you know. And hey, now so, look, boy, you better watch it. You know what I mean? Like, Y'all watch this, okay? <laughs> Here, hold my bear. That's a, that's the kind of people I grew up. Uh, no, yeah, you're in North Carolina, aren't you? I am. I am. Yeah. So why yep. don't you have this crazy North? I have friends in North Carolina, and I can't understand them. Okay, so now we're getting into it, right? Now we're getting to the real question. All the other stuff didn't matter till now. <laughs> um, no, I get this all of the time. I'll go to a gas station to get something and just carry on friendly conversation, and they're like you're not from here, are you? And I'm like, I've been here 33 years or not 33, sorry, 20 something years of my life. And, and they're like, you don't sound like you're from the South at all. You sound like you're probably from the North, New York. Midwest. My least. father was a New Yorker. He's Yankee. Um, he was from Cooperstown, New York. My mom was from the panhandle of Florida, redneck alcohol that's how they met yeah, it's a redneck riviera that's what it is right <laughs> but i was raised with this like yankee father and this redneck you know my mama talked like this now Whoa. you know and she was really country and somehow my speech came out where i don't sound like i'm southern but in new york i sound southern to them oh yeah I and then here i sound like i'm from the north and then yeah. when i go out west they they say i sound like i'm country yeah, I think to me, you got kind of a Midwestern uh, sound. I live in Arkansas, right on the close to the border of Oklahoma and Kansas. And they're not, you know, I'm from Tennessee. We got kind of a heavy. It's funny because when I, I work in Texas a lot and I get, where are you from? And I'm like, <laughs> bro, really? You just asked me, where am I from? 
<laughs> and I'm just oh like, gosh. yeah, it's crazy, man. North Carolina and Georgia. Those are the two heaviest accents I think I've ever heard. I, I got called a Yankee. Yeah, 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 yeah. In North Carolina. And I'm like, bro, I ain't no Yankee. I can promise you that. But the New York thing, you're absolutely right. I went to my home office was in New England and Providence, Rhode Island. And I the first time I ever went there, massive culture shock. I've never been asked in my life in you know 30 times in a week, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? And I'm like, bro, come on. I'm from the South. Can't you tell? You know. Oh yeah. my gosh, bro. Yeah. yeah, that's me. Hey, I sent the picture up there if you wanted to show it. Oh, okay. Yep. I also no. got a second one I could show you of me when I got into really got into the reformed Calvinism stuff after that. Oh ho ho ho. Look at that. Bro, yeah. that was like metal metal. You almost got a Wolverine thing going on. I there. know. Kind of mm. a John Calvin y type, you know you what I mean? That's gonna be my wallpaper now. Oh, don't that. don't. <laughs> oh, no, I got one Wrong more to, to show you how, how I was serious about that that uh, reformed faith. I had this. Um, you did. You had that look. You got tattoos. Uh, now I do. I, I didn't uh, believe in them for many years. Yeah, because of Leviticus. S- yeah, look so I got you. this. You look like a reformed pastor, except you. I, I think that tattoo on the neck pasta put on you. If you had that on there, you'd definitely be the. <laughs> I was definitely into it, bro. Yeah, look at that. It's only me now. Bye, Derek. That's fine. I don't blame you, dude. I do not blame you. I swear, bro. I don't blame you at all. It's one of those nights, man. So we're going to get to the real questions now. Okay. Unless you had something else you wanted to call. You can ask me whatever. Just, um, what, another 15 minutes or so? Yeah, not. Yeah, I was thinking five, 10 minutes. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I know you're an old guy. That's I'm crazy. Old I'm fart, man. So, dude, I'm 42. So, come on. I, I feel if you, we're not going to compete on who's older here. Okay, it's, I'm just. It's the miles, <laughs> not the age. Exactly. Gosh, that's exactly right. So, um, what is your favorite dessert? Favorite what? Favorite dessert. Oh man, you're gonna hate me. I'm not a big sweet guy. So, if I were to eat a dessert, my favorite. Would probably be like uh, pecan pecan pie, like ooh, that's yeah, good. like southern yeah. pecan pies, like I almost said sugar pecan. and pecans, yeah, pecan. <laughs> you almost said pecan. I saw pecan that, pie yeah. now. Look, get that pecan you pie. pecan pie. Hey, you want some of that pecan pie? So, yeah. Let me ask yeah. you this: when when you drink a lot, when you stop drinking. Did you eat everything sweet that wasn't nailed down? Yes. That, obviously, there's a sugar deficiency taking place. So yeah. um, I, I I have to confess, I've been snacking since COVID, like really bad candies from time to time, like like going and buying a six pack of like Reese's and sometimes Hershey's and like, I've, I don't know what the hell, but yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I have this weird thing since COVID where... Normally, I'd want like a hamburger, but instead, I want a Snickers bar. And I'm like, what, the f- <laughs> what happened, man? It's like, yeah, just get a Snickers bar. You're okay. That's what my brain says to me. So, right. Uh, okay. So, what was your favorite beer when you drank? Or you favorite drink? what? Favorite beer. Um, so when I was drinking, I liked Corona with real lime. Oh. Like, I, I, I liked Corona with lime. Now, this was like party setting. Now, at home, 
Um, I I personally did. I liked uh, Blue Moon. Oh yes, I I love it. I love the Belgian white that shot top and Blue Moon or two. Of and I'd even like the slice of orange in it, like legit. Yes. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could I just, just sip that stuff all night and just relax. When it's just the boys, it's in a frosted mug. But when the boys ain't around, it's an orange on there. I promise exactly. you. <laughs> so yeah, well, if you notice, I drink beer, but the only reason I do uh, is because many years ago like you, I couldn't uh, drink because it became excess. And I've always been a bourbon guy. Yeah. You can't drink bourbon in excess. That stuff will kill you, man. <laughs> uh, so I had to quit drinking for a lot of years right. and because it always went to, to excess. And I've had a lot of alcoholics in the family, and I was, like, always just like, you know, how much am I drinking and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, uh, they are asking some questions in chat. If you yeah, what's like up? To. What's up? Bring it! Yeah. Bring it! I'm just kidding. yeah. Bring it, baby. What is up, guys? Do you? Dude, have I any feel kids? like I need to switch my angle on my camera, man. But it's too any... late. It's too late. The whole it's damn episode. Yeah, you're here. already here. So go ahead. Go ahead. Ask me whatever you want. <laughs> do you? Do you have any kids? Yeah, three boys. Ooh, you man, get out. Okay, he likes Corona and he has three boys. I'm not your friend anymore. <sighs> Yeah, I can't. I can't produce girls. I told my wife this. I got three girls. Kids. I got three girls, and I can't stand Corona. So. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Well, maybe we can um, arrange in a, a marriage here. You know, we can. Ooh, we can hey, speak, yeah, yeah. Like biblical days, you know. All right, let me <laughs> scroll through here and find some questions. I saw a couple of them on there. Throw your questions in. Come on, Derek's got to go to bed. Jim's got a good one there. Jim Benton. Uh, well, I was trying to go back to the whoever had them before. oh go go Don't ahead you, go yeah ahead. i was just trying to trying to be fair Derek. Come no on, please man. please please jim doesn't get to jump to and now i wish line. you had a thousand subs people could super chat and get the top of the line and be like you know yeah i know that's we got to grow this man. channel man we got to get this out there bro oh spartan theology wants to know when are you coming over there dude i'd look i'm available in august i got some dates open i've got some killer interviews coming up i just i'm doing some real serious stuff but Dude, you hit me up. You got me on Messenger on Facebook. Let's let's schedule something in August and make it happen. And Jim wants to know, is there anything unique to Christianity? Yes, absolutely. Um, for me, it is the idea of self-sacrifice. Whether you believe human sacrifice is a horrific idea, and of course that we wouldn't think that's a good thing mm -hmm. uh, in general, but it's the idea of dying for your friend. Uh, I was raised by a military father who went to battle with men of different races, different religions, different colors, you name it, right, from different backgrounds, and he trusted them with his life. And he said at any moment he would have been willing to take the bullet for them and they would have been willing to take the bullet for him. Uh, what I've learned from Christianity is a love that the natural world usually only like reserves for your, for your, your spouse or your blood, um, but Christianity kind of unites in a way beyond the blood barrier. So... Yeah. That's something unique that Christianity does that I think has made it so successful and continues to make it successful because it shows a mercy to people who aren't deserving of it. And I mean, I'm not even talking about enemies who did bad. I'm saying just people, period. So the philosophy of mercy that finds its way in Christianity, that would be something that I think is uh, a very good value. And in fact, the pagans thought so too at the very beginning. Nice. 
So your long lost pal wants to know, what do you think a deism? Dude, we found you. First of all, we found you. <laughs> like, I'm so happy you're back. You know, that's a look at that. Just fire that <laughs> off quick, man. Look at you. It's like you've yeah. been doing this a while. <laughs> Without getting lost into this and going too too deep, for me, it's almost like it's almost like uh, Elijah when he's arguing with the Bell prophets and he's saying, "Have your God come and do this." You know, like. Call to your God day and night and have him come. And if he lights the altar on fire without the water on it, uh, then we know your God's there. Um, and then Elijah comes and says, oh, God, prove it that you're God. And he says this long prayer. And after pouring eight barrels of water, next thing you know, God licks up the water and boom. To me, deism is is trying to say, I think based on empirical data, it looks like patterns and it looks like we live within something that was created. And they go into a lot of different things like the uh, the clock, like there's a, there's a clock maker, things like this to try and say, it looks like this is a created universe we live in, mm -hmm. but God doesn't seem active. And to me, that non-activity is evidence to me, it's, it's lack of evidence, but it's like, it's kind of an evidence of saying like, you can say he made it and disappeared, and then we can come up with ideas of why. But it's kind of like, how do you know he's really there really is a God to begin with? And are there other mm -hmm. explanations? So deism's not off the table. Uh, none yeah. of it's off the table. It's just what seems to be most plausible to me is if deism were the case, he really set us up for like a failure here. Like whoever the right. God that made it and left is like not actively involved to defend and say, Hey, here I am. I made these things unless right. he's not concerned with what we believe or don't believe. And then there's my perception, assuming that this God should care that I think he's there or she or it. And then now I'm thinking as a human, just trying to assume, well, you should care. You made me or whatever, you know, you set up, <laughs> you set the ball rolling so I could evolve right. to be what I am or right. anyway. Yeah. So, Man, bear, pig, great name. Is there any chance Derek's going to get Christian Hayes on oh, this? Dude, I love you, man, bear, pig. I'm not even going to lie. I love you as a man, a bear, and a pig. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to joke. <laughs> I got to know who Christian Hayes is. Oh my goodness, bro! If you do not know who Christine Hayes is, she's my side. Oh, she, okay? Christine. Oh, I'm missing. I absolutely love her, though. Seriously, her works are phenomenal. She does Yale courses. Um, I've emailed her multiple times. She wrote me for the indefinite future. It doesn't look like she's doing anything online anymore, but I am still not going to give up. I, I have faith. Where, where do you find these different scholars? I, you, you have people on that as long as I've been in philosophy and, you know, history and it all kind of overlaps, you know, and I, some of the names I haven't heard and I've watched them on your show and I'm just like, wow. Like the one who who was talking about eschatology, um, Which, yeah, I think it was a uh, a lady that was talking about eschatology, and uh, it was a couple weeks ago that you had on there. Um, I can't remember her name, but I believe so. Yeah, she had written a book or was a scholar on it or something. But uh, yeah, you got to slow down, man. You, you got so many shows coming out. Uh, well, that's the thing, bro. I, you'd be shocked. As much as I'm putting out, I'm doing so much work that I've actually started to make my patron a way in which I can actually keep doing what I'm doing and ask the patron questions. So like if you're a patron, you ask me, you say, hey, Derek, I know you're going to Dr. Josh's on Friday. Could you ask at least one of these two questions? You know, don't 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 take all the space because it takes time to answer these yeah. questions. But they'll ask one or two questions, and if they're really good, I'll ask them, I'll record them, and then I come on and I say, look, I got 18 videos with Dr. Joshua Bowen, and they'll slowly find their way onto YouTube, 
and I put all of them on a Patreon early. Everyone oh, has early okay. access that's and they can ask questions. So if you want to see your video and I say, look, Eddie has a question uh, at Brute Facts Podcast. And he thanks, man, for the question. I really appreciate your support on Patreon. Dr. Joshua Bowen, why does your hair part in the middle? Did Moses meet you, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, you know, make a red sea joke or something? I, yeah. Um, no, that's great. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm t- I'm still working on my uh, first patron. Uh, <laughs> I you know I just for me I do this for a passion. I I love talking to people. I love talking to experts. I love, love talking to lay people. And I'm just looking to get just the expenses covered. People don't realize how much this stuff costs, man. It's, yes, Bro, you got to pay for this. It's better than mine. I can already tell. I'm not yeah. kidding. Oh yeah. Thank you, Pasta Mike, for that. And now they have some half the price, just as good. But uh, so anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, what is? Let's see. A Titan is dying to know uh, who is Myth Vision. Who? Well, we are Myth Vision, baby. Ooh. We. Oh, I are. see. I see what Titan did there. I see what Titan. Myth Vision, because Titan is them. They. Well, There's see, like Titan- a bunch of Titan. I was going to say, he's actually one of the demigods or the gods, one of the sons of gods, right? Titan actually ate Dionysus and consumed his flesh and blood. Uh, if you look at uh, Euripides, the Bacchae and the traditions of Dionysus, Titan actually has, he's still alive. He's been around for a long time. Oh. So he knows, he knows exactly uh, what I'm saying. This is an ancient chant. Anytime you're in trouble, just say, we are myth vision and it's over like psh, demons yeah. be gone yes no, yeah that's kind of like you, uh, no go ahead. go ahead i'm sorry no I, no no no, no. I was just, no no i thought you were done no 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 you go you're the guest you go ahead myth vision <laughs> is simply people who are paying you're gonna laugh at the common sense here early on i might have had an esoteric meaning here i i sure did but to me i now understand it is like people who are actually paying attention visioning the myth Okay, like paying actual attention, which is why there's an eyeball in my symbol. And you will not believe the Illuminati crap that comes out. Oh, my God. I can't put an eyeball on anything these days. (laughs) Now, if they want to write me a check to say I'm Illuminati, (laughs) I am so down with it, bro. I'm not even kidding. I'll be like, dude, yeah, I'm Illuminati. So what? Why are you judging me? Who cares? Yeah. The only thing that would set this off and make it perfect is if somebody you got to watch the chat now brought up solipsism. That would set it up perfect. So, what is it? Uh, solipsism. Don't even know what it is. Solipsism. Solipsism is uh, the external world doesn't exist. It's all a projection of your mind. Oh, okay. okay. Everything's just an experience. Yeah, yeah. So the problem with it is, is they like to talk philosophy, but you can't talk philosophy to somebody that nothing else exists. Yeah. And William Lane Craig actually makes a fantastic joke. And it is, I always tell the solipsist, don't stop thinking about me because I'll stop existing. Because, you know, it's all just a projection of the, there. he goes right there. That's what I was waiting on. Now it's a perfect string. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, so the last one is, let's see, I saw one more question and you, I know you're waiting on your warm milk. Um, uh best in show it's oh it's cash ask your questions ask your yeah. questions it's cash it's k-a-s-t-r-u-p i believe 
Uh, he is. You, you, you don't drink a beer. Don't nothing. You Dude, need one hundred percent clear mind <laughs> to hear to listen. To he's a monster. Okay, he he's is, just man. a monster. I, it's very difficult to try and like even perceive what he's trying to explain. So, anyway. Okay, last question. We're going to end on this one. Okay. 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 Crash the party second time. If you guys don't know Lady Late with Nady Nate, uh, he has now crashed the party, has his own YouTube show. Dude is hilarious. Oh, wrong one. That's Jim Benton. Sorry, Jim. I don't like you. I'll ask Um, Jim if you want. It don't matter. (laughs) Beauty tips? Yes. Nate, we should be asking you, dude, with your hair. I'm telling you, man. What's a, I, what are you talking, bro? This is all fake. Your I was hair. In you're... love with this hair to begin with, and he <laughs> said I was. He, I was making him feel weird, so I had to quit. But I just love Nate's hair. I just want to run my face. That freaking hair, man. No <sighs> Your hair. <laughs> <laughs> this just got rated R. Yes. Uh, so what? Uh, all right. Sorry, this is the last one. Slova, Slovav, Slovaj, Zizek. You know, I th- there was a debate that Zizek did with, I think it was Craig, maybe, and I wasn't really familiar, and uh, it, it just it turned weird. So <laughs> it wasn't my kind of thing. So are you familiar with Z- what Zizek? is it? Uh, he, he, I think he's a philosopher, economist, or something. It's uh, Zizek, and uh, I don't smart know. guy, but um, I think if we're thinking of the same person, so Derek, bro, thank you for being so patient. This has yeah, been this. I don't know what happened to this thing. It just you brought your evil, uh, atheistic, moo, you know, woo and. Yeah, no, it was no, it's great, man. Thank you for being so no, man, dude. Thank you. You know, um, I, dude, other than the hiccup at the start, I interpreted it as the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And I felt like I was the last, you know, in that one. So I definitely came first and I appreciate it. Uh, No, seriously, though, I appreciate this. I love having conversations with you. Like, we've got a lot in common, I think, more than what the label Christian and the label atheist even offers. Um, There's these are labels. These don't define you. And there's so much more to uh, humans than what we give credit for. And that's, that's, that's my thing, man. I love you, dude. I seriously do. And you'll see, I'm going to constantly encourage this cross uh, interfaith dialogue. And that's great because that's kind of my thing. You know, I, I don't like we talked about, I don't care about evangelizing. I want to love people. I want to, I want to bridge this gap. I want to reach out and love those, especially that's been hurt by the church. And that's what started this whole thing was wanting to just, you know, because it's weird. I had no patience for new atheists years ago and I couldn't even talk to them without getting aggravated. Now I get aggravated aggravated people too. Yeah. Yeah. Now I get aggravated at the fundamentalists, but I, I, I have such a heart for new atheists uh, because I went through, you know, a lot of what they went through and, and it just, I don't say anything to them most of the time about their anti-theism. It's just, if you stay there too long, you know, and you don't mature and you don't come out of that and you get stuck in these echo chambers, then mm-hmm. it, it can be just as vile as fundamental fundamentalism. So you're right. 
You yeah. are right, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. Seriously, once again. And absolutely, man. I, I, bro, I am so humbled and stoked that you would even come on here, man. You nah, got what man. twenty thousand subscribers? Come on, man. Bro, I'm no different than you. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I, I am no different than you, bro. I mean that. I don't give a yeah, shit. If I I can lose my YouTube tomorrow, that doesn't mean anything, bro. Um, all that matters is that we create more of a friendship type dialogue here and we start to set examples for the rest of the community, whether you believe in God or don't, to show that these are humans. We're humans who have ideas and we could be wrong about these ideas. I could be wrong. You could be wrong. Like if we have a flexibility in our thinking, that that example I think needs to be set for more people. And some people, fundamentalists on all sides, Mm-hmm. don't have any balance and i think that's a lesson we're teaching here right now and that's if you're watching from myth vision please subscribe right now to eddie's channel if you're watching this later it doesn't matter if this isn't live subscribe to his channel support what he's doing you may not like all the content that he might put out that's okay you don't like all the content i do so what the hell are you talking about uh trust me they don't like, <laughs> hey, when you interview this person instead and i'm like um i'll try to get we'll to get there part. Yeah. yeah. So subscribe to him, help support him. And if you guys see me ever being interviewed on other people's channels, I ask that you help support in some way possible by subscribing and liking and showing and setting an example that like we care about you, like no matter where you stand on things. I so. really appreciate that, man. That's that's and I think that's why I was drawn to you so quick. It's uh I, I see a lot of the same thing. It's you know, wanting to I, I love people, you know, and it's funny because for many years I hated people. You know, well, I mean, I've always been a people person, but right. people made me so angry so easily. And whether it was politics or religious positions or things like that. And now, bro, I just want to love people. I don't care what you believe or don't believe. And if you look at, I think now my guests probably are, have been overwhelmingly atheist. And that's because I know so many fundamentalists. I want them to see yeah. these great minds that are out there that are not believers, these great people, you know, who have great morals and, you know, things like that. It, other than, you know, friends and academics, the only people that's been on here have a good heart. And hey. that's why I, I reach out to them. That's why I want them here. And uh, yeah, the five people that subscribe to me, if you haven't subscribed to myth vision, go to myth vision. Derek's fantastic. He's a great entertainment. He has, I think you, even though you, you do make the jokes about religion, bro. I think it's funny, man. I well, think you I, do a great balance on it because, uh, if you, like I said, you can't joke about it, man, you're too serious in life. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. that's it. So, or, or your understanding about it. It's okay to be serious about it. It's, yeah. it's so just don't be overly serious. I think it's, yeah. I think it's the, the perception, man. I'm trying to break down how people view the text. I think, uh, when we start to understand ancient Near Eastern documents and then we see the Hebrew Bible, I think it's wrong from like what I study here to go and give special pleading and say this is completely different than everything ancient Near Eastern. Because then you're going to run into some problems. You, yeah. you have to – you start creating little Band-Aids on problems like slavery and say it's not like the ancient Near East or something. And they're a Christian – this is why I also had Jay Caballero. He's a Christian evangelical, not a fundamentalist, but evangelical – serious scholar come on and he said yes chattel slavery sex slavery all of that stuff we see within the bible that doesn't negate his faith that doesn't steer him off from wanting to be a believer though i personally would be like okay so there's some conclusions that i would draw from this 
he's like, I found ways to make that make sense without having to say the text isn't teaching. So yeah. Anyway, man. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that's yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I take the position, uh, you know, first of all, I'm not an inerrantist, um, right? And on on top of that, uh, I think we're missing so much historical context there, you know. And for anybody that dis, you know, tries to defend slavery in the Bible, I'm just like, oh, gosh, what's the man, point? Here. Yeah, what? Are you yeah, just like, bro, they screwed up. Let it go. You know, I mean, <laughs> we don't know if God really told Moses to say these things, you know, right. and I know I'm going to get hate mail for that. And I don't care. Oh, you yeah. know, because they don't want to hear me talk. Oh, I God. do like debating. I will debate and I will debate this topic. You know, yeah. it's well, uh, see, I don't I don't debate. I don't like debating. I, I like dial- having dialogue. Well, yeah, that's if that's you mean like conversation like yeah. or something. Sure. I don't right. like the whole like, all right, I'm going to set out to prove you wrong. And it's like. I'm not interested. I watch other people's debates. Don't get me wrong. I'm a hypocrite. Right. I know. I personally. <laughs> well, just it's don't. a sport. It's it's like a mental sport. And when it's done <laughs> properly, and it's done cordially, it's entertaining and informative. And that's, you know, I've had three or four debates. I don't remember on YouTube, and uh, one was just a dumpster fire. But the rest of them were. Awesome. I didn't. I wouldn't even call them debates. They were debate style conversations. Yeah, you know, that's. And, you yeah. learn more from those, I think. Uh, Josh, watch out for the bears, bro. Just watch. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Josh, you're you not reading the it, Old man. Testament. You know if, what happens to when you go after bald men? Just whisper. We <laughs> myth vision. If the bears come, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's uh well. So the only thing, in, the only thing encouraging about it is I saw an article where. Today, uh, whereas certain hairstyles were considered, you know, the hottest for women for a long time, or in men, these, you know, it's cool. Man thinks I'm cute. Thanks, bro. Uh, so now bald heads are starting to get up there with the, the, uh, like Uber male thing. And I'm just like, yeah, baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rock my hair if I could do it like that. <laughs> no, nah, man, that, that that works good for you. I like personally. This is gonna sound funny, but I like the light shining off the shine on your head. Like it, it, it works really good for the setting, man. I'm not. Do you know? Me. Do you know why I have the light there's shining? A, there's off a bear my head? coming. There's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, so you were lying. That's a, oh, okay. No, do you know why I have the light on the head? Huh? Pasta Mike. You know he's a gangster when it comes to the whole man. Tech, let me though. tell you. He said you've got to have this little bit of light and he has a light on his so he gets that little bit of shine i'm gonna show you something oh <laughs> look at you you hot dollar there boy well it's actually a china made one but either way uh, whatever you yeah. want to call me that's fine i'll take so it. pasta mike got to you too huh um no i just watched <laughs> videos before that but he sends me links of like thousand dollar items i'm like i will never afford this uh i don't know how i fell for it <laughs> yeah right right thank evolution for credit wow man <laughs> thanks Derek, man i know you're gonna get to bed bro. i gotta i i gotta I'm, I'm right behind you so keep the bed warm for me love you uh, man seriously yeah, you thanks too, and I let's do this again it. get all the other people whoever they are hope you enjoy it subscribe right, like absolutely. boom yep have a good one bud Derek, baby yeah so when i sent him a message about coming on he immediately said yeah bro and i'm like wow really 
okay uh so check out myth vision man it's fantastic i i love it he's he has a lot of scholars on there has a good balance and you cannot miss a show with dr price uh on myth vision he's pretty much a regular there and i love dr price and, and derek and price together i am dying to go to north carolina so i can hang out in one of the meetings that they have together um but as usual uh thank you pasta mike uh pasta mike productions with normalizing atheism all artwork editing everything is done by him so don't think for a second that i have near the touch that that man has has uh he has his own youtube channel normalizing atheism check it out we had uh jim benton in the chat jim benton has uh meaning forge and he's working on a new kind of setup and everything he's going to start producing again we had spartan theology in the chat spartan has his own channel does fantastic theological things and nate with crash the party he's launched his new channel so check out uh nate up lady late 188 uh so anyway thank you guys thank you so much i am so sorry for all the problems we had in the beginning the show being so late and then in the beginning we had some stupid spammer in there Hopefully I can go back and edit this and make it look perfect or actually have Pasta Mike edit it. But we're not going to tell him that because he's sleeping. And Pasta Mike, get better, bro. I know that uh, you're hurting and wish you could have been here. Sorry, man.